Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. Our first scripture reading comes from John chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. At that time, the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The word of the Lord. And our second scripture reading comes from Acts, the ninth chapter verses 36 to 43. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time, she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in her room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, who had heard that Peter was in Lydda, sent two men to him with a request, please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them, and when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside Peter, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. And then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. And then calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The headlines scream at us 24-7, and they are terrifying headlines. Six-year-old found dead in a field, killed by his parents. A student rushes a gunman on a university campus, killed. Baby found in a dumpster. North Korea with missile tests. Trade wars with China. Warships moving to Iran, 708 shooting victims in Chicago this year. Approximately 22 vets kill themselves every day by suicide. Drug overdoses are the leading cause of death in people under 50. Children killing themselves because they are bullied. The headlines are screaming and they are terrifying. So stop. Stop listening 
to the screaming headlines. Take a deep breath. It's the fourth Sunday in Easter. Stories of resurrection abound. And for those of us who are brave enough to listen for the voice of God, there is new life. There is hope and transformation. There is love and healing and compassion. Let the headlines scream. We're still going to celebrate the resurrection. We're going to baptize babies and see new life. Do not live in fear, but live in the hope of the resurrection. Dorcas, also known as Tabitha, depending on whether you were calling her by her Hebrew name, Tabitha, or her Greek name, Dorcas. The name Tabitha identifies her as a Jew. Dorcas identifies her as a woman working among the Greeks and the Gentiles in Joppa. She was a woman out of her element, working across cultural divides, most likely a widow, possibly in Joppa because it was the only place she could find that would accept her. Remember, widows in those days have no status, no way of supporting themselves unless their husbands had left them land or some money. And we don't know if Dorcas is rich or poor. We're never told. What we do know is that Dorcas devoted herself to good works of charity and compassion. Acts is very clear. We also know that Dorcas is called a disciple, and it is the only time in the entire New Testament where the female version of the Greek word for disciple is used. We can assume from the women gathered at Dorcas's bedside that one of the ways in which Dorcas practiced her charity was by sewing clothes for other widows. When I was a chaplain in a nursing home in Louisville, I was called to the bedside of anyone who died. I remember the first time I walked into the room of a woman who had died. The nursing assistants were washing her body. They washed her gently. They dried her carefully. They put a clean gown on her. They combed her hair. They lied her back down across the bed, covered her, covered her with a sheet and a blanket, and carefully folded her hands on top of the blanket. I have never witnessed so great an act of mercy in my life. This is what the women do for Dorcas. They clean her. They care for her after her death, while some of the men decide to send for Peter. We don't know why, but it just seems to be what they decide to do. And indeed, Peter comes right away. And the widows gather around Peter, and they show him the beautiful clothing that Dorcas has made for them and for others. And they speak to Peter about her importance to them and how much 
They will miss her. And Peter tells them all to leave the room. And then he kneels and prays. And then he turns to her and calling her by her Jewish name, Tabitha, he tells her to get up. And she does. The story in Acts doesn't provide us with a lot of detail. We really don't know before the actual resurrection of Dorcas whether or not that's Peter's intent or the intent of the other disciples. We're not sure why Peter has gone there. But Peter then takes her hand and helps her stand. And calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. She had been dead. And now she was alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Imagine, imagine seeing one who has died now alive in front of you. Perhaps a few of us have seen that when somebody is resuscitated, heart paddles are used, chest compressions, and suddenly they are alive again. But generally speaking, one whose body has been prepared for burial does not come back to life. So imagine the relief to know that they don't have to grieve Dorcas yet, that she can be with them for a little while longer. And imagine wondering what what power Peter possessed that he could bring her to life. Another resurrection. News of resurrection is all throughout this early church community. And here's another one. Time, this time by a disciple for a sister disciple. Peter and Dorcas are actors in today's story. A few weeks ago, it was Jesus and Thomas and the other disciples who were the actors in the story. It is God who raises Jesus from the dead. It is God who brings Thomas to belief. It is God who works through Peter to bring Dorcas back to life. And all of it seems crazy and hard to believe. As William Williman, professor at Duke Divinity School, writes, in the resurrection community, no one stays in their place. Common fishermen are found preaching to temple authorities. Paralyzed old men are up and walking about, and a woman named Tabitha heads a welfare program in the Gentile city of Joppa. She is busy making a new configuration of the power which God uses when he brings what is lowly and despised in the world to be part of building his kingdom. The story of Dorcas's resurrection is a story of hope for the hopeless. It's a story for all of us who hear too many terrifying headlines. It's a story of hope rising in a community, her community community of widows, women that are neglected and alone and despised and shunned by society, now know that while everyone else may have forgotten them, God has not forgotten them.
Because Dorcas lives, so does hope. Hope that the structures of oppression and death are not as formidable as we might first have thought. Hope that there is new life in Christ for all of us, regardless of where we have been or where we are going. Hope that each and every one of us can be transformed and raised to new life by the powerful love of God. The raising of Dorcas is not just about an individual, but about a whole community that is inspired and risen with hope. Now, how can we be a resurrection community in 2019? How can we be like the community that surrounded Dorcas? Where do we see the resurrection in our midst? Because it is still there for us to see. I want to tell you about another woman. Her name is Farida Ben, and she sits on a concrete floor in the, of the two-room home she shares with her husband and four children. Two-room home. The room where she sits is a narrow rectangle about six feet wide by 15 feet long. There is a window at the end of it, and that is very important because that allows the daylight in, and many times the electricity goes out for hours at a time. In this one room, six feet by 15 feet, she does her work. She also prepares her meals, feeds her four children and husband, and entertains guests and washes up. She works in the garment industry, doing embroidery and affixing sequins to dresses and other garments that you and I have purchased at one time or another. Farida Ben is sewing sequins to a pre-stamped design using a needle that looks like a ballpoint pen. Yesterday, she went to a local center run by the Self-Employed Women's Association where she was given seven children's dresses to do one day's work. She is paid by the piece 37 cents per dress. Embroidery has been her trade for 25 years, but she is only in her late 30s. She works hard at it because she has a passionate desire to make life for her children better. She wants them to have opportunities that were denied to her, like the opportunity to extend her education past the age of 12. It was at the age of 12 that she took up her work as a home-based embroiderer. Before the organization Self-Employed Women's Association was formed, more or less a trade union for women in India, Farida Ben would get her work from middlemen. And middlemen would take a substantial cut of the proceeds, and they also obscured the working conditions so that the retailers providing the work had no idea of the conditions in which these women were working. 
Suwa, as it's called, is focused on improving the livelihoods of these women and raising their status. Suwa provides a reliable wage, and Farida Ben is paid in a timely fashion. Still only 37 cents her garment, but she's paid regularly, whereas before she would have to wait months for her pay. It also provides health benefits for her that include trips to the eye clinic, which is incredibly important given the amount of close work that she is doing continually. Farida Ben and her community of home-based embroiderers have been raised, have been raised up by the Self-Employed Women's Association. Through SUA, Farida Ben is able to save money so that her daughters may be able to continue school beyond the age of 14 and will not be limited in their livelihood to working in the garment industry, although her oldest daughter is already learning the trade. This is resurrection. This is transformation. This is the way that we witness resurrection in lives of women and of men today. This organization brings hope to women around the world, just like Peter brought hope to the women of Joppa. This is what resurrection looks like in Delhi, India. There's another woman in a town of western Kenya who desires to see her children well-fed and thriving. Violet has a busy schedule. She's a farmer. She's a mom of a six-month-old whom she's still breastfeeding, and she goes to school to study fashion design. A senior global nutrition advisor with the group Bread for the World meets this young woman, Violet, on a visit. And while she is there, a health worker visits with Violet and her husband, Peter, and their child called Blessing to teach them about nutrition. You see, even with all the advancements, children under five in Kenya, 26% of children under five in Kenya suffer from malnutrition. Today, close to us, right over in Fox Valley, Habitat for Humanity is building a house. It's the first time they have built a house by women for women. And as they raise the roof of this home, they raise the hopes of the mother and daughters who will live in the home. This is the resurrection made real for us today. All of these stories are stories of hope and transformation. They happen when communities come together, and they happen with the power of God that makes a difference in the world. Because of the resurrection, we know we have a living God who is present with us today and in all of our moments. The book of Acts tells us that those who belong to the way of Jesus are empowered to turn the world upside down. That's us. We are empowered by our living God to turn our world upside down. Over and over again in Acts, we read stories about unlikely conversions, healings, resurrections, and multitudes of people that come to believe in the Lord. These are written to encourage us 
to go out and make the same things happen today. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead is the one who brings back to life the faithful woman of Acts whose acts of compassion are central to the new reality of God's reign. The Spirit of God who raises Dorcas is the same Spirit who uses us to create organizations like the Self-Employed Women's Association in India, or Bread for the World, or Habitat for Humanity, or neighborhood houses right here in the Chicago area like Christopher House and Furman House, who have worked for over a hundred years to raise up teen mothers and children born into poverty. The Spirit of God is present in our family nights and with organizations like Faith Community Homes to ensure that families can escape from homelessness, to ensure that families are healed and raised to new life. The congregation at Joppa stood together in the moment of Dorcas's death and used all the tools it had at its disposal to bring her back to life. And we, too, can use the tools at our disposal, tools found in our baptism, tools of the Holy Spirit, tools of working together where many hands make light work, where two heads are greater than one. We, too, can be part of God's resurrecting work in our world. Imagine, imagine if we all gave like Tabitha. Imagine if we looked at those screaming headlines and screamed right back at them, rise. Now scream it with me. Rise. Better. Rise. Thank you. Imagine if we allowed the Spirit of God to breathe into us, to transform our lives, to raise us up, to new life and transformed lives. What hope, what redemption, what restoration, what transformation, what resurrection will take place in our midst? Imagine. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.